there anything worse than a dull blade? Well, yeah, lots of things, I guess. Poverty, war, having to use a porter john on a hundred degree day. Do not go in there. Woo! Seriously though, a dull blade is bad. It's unusable. In fact, it's downright dangerous. Knives need sharpening. From Whetstone Boys Ranch in Mountain View, Missouri comes A Time to Sharpen, a bi-weekly podcast that examines how we can all be better versions of ourselves, better teachers, better counselors, better parents, better people. Have you ever felt that something was meant to be? Like that time you opened a pack of baseball cards, and there, lying on the very top, was a 1989 Upper Deck Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. Maybe the clouds parted, and a beam of light encircled the card while angelic music flooded the room. That card was meant to be yours, until you traded it to your brother for a Billy Ripken error card. Anyways, you get my point. There are times in life when we feel deep inside that we were meant to do something, meet some person, or end up at some destination. The two men that Brandon and I spoke to for this podcast were meant to be outdoors. Literally. We talked to Brian and Ben from Meant to Be Outdoors, a Christian ministry that connects people to the outdoors, others, and themselves. I think that after listening, you might just feel that you were meant to hear their message. Welcome back to A Time to Sharpen. I'm Axel Limita, and I'm here with our Director of Development, Brandon Maxwell. Oh, that was the first time you used that. Nice. I think it is, yeah. We've never used your official title. Yeah, one of my hats. Yeah. My my official title is... Uh, I, um, advancement it's, is what yeah. I've kind of started calling Ranch myself. Advancement. We're actually yeah. working on that. We're uh, talking to the gentleman that we're going to introduce here pretty mm-hmm. quickly, but I was talking to them about just really looking at all of our job roles and job descriptions and working right. through all that. That's kind of something that we're doing right now. Yeah, we're so, advancing the ranch. Advancement. Yeah, I, I hesitate to say I'm director of, de- of, of advancement. Yeah. You're definitely director of development. I'm, I'm in the office of advancement. Yeah, but social media, <laughs> podcast writing, yeah, all that kind of stuff, getting the word out, doing this. Doing so. this, yeah. So this today means talking to two pretty cool guys who drove all the way from Springfield. We, we are guys. We'll yeah. <laughs> Brian and Ben, and they're from Meant to Be Outdoors. Hopefully a few of you out there have listened to the podcast that we did with them. We posted a link on our Facebook right. page. And uh, maybe maybe you listen to them and you listen to us, and you yes. didn't know that we actually knew each other. There's yeah. always that possibility. They deserve an award if they do. <laughs> But you what know, was the name of that one just just show up or it was, keep showing keep up? Showing keep showing up. up. Yeah, yeah that was something that you had talked about in that podcast that, yeah. that kind of uh, really hit hit home, hit the yeah. heart. So Sim- a about. simple yeah. but powerful message of just keep showing up the the best that you can for other mm-hmm. people, and, and we took that to heart. And we thought it was a great title for our conversation that we yeah. had on our podcast. So so if you're out there listening and you fall into that category, or even if you just want to lie about it, yeah. and, and and tell us that you do fall into that category, <laughs> we will send you like a hat or something. Right. Ben and Brian brought us a couple hats. Mm. There you go. Uh, yeah. Some swag, yeah. some merch. Uh, we'd love to send that out to you, and, and more important, we'd love to know that People are out there listening, and that we're having a conversation with other people interested in, in sharpening, um, whether that's uh, you're a teacher, a counselor, or, or a parent, right? Yeah, I actually had yesterday. I was picking up my son from uh, soccer practice, 
and had a dad come up to me and said, hey, I didn't know you were a Chris Ledoux fan. Mm. I was like, how did you? Oh, yeah. you, the last podcast was music. And we were sitting right here talking about Chris Ledoux and, and other artists, but uh, not too many people know about Chris no, Ledoux. I like those little, uh, they're like little Easter eggs in a conversation right. when someone, someone says it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it was nice to meet a listener uh-huh. or know that he had listened and yeah. has been listening. That's cool. So. Yeah. Well, today, uh, let's just jump right into it. Ben and Brian are um, really experts in the, in the fields of adventuring, um, outdoorsing, if we can use that as a noun. They're what we, we use call it that way. outdoorsy. <laughs> yeah, outdoorsy. Jim Gaffigan. Right. Yeah. And uh, so why don't you actually spend a, a couple minutes explaining to us your, your credentials and um, what, you, you know, what you're trained in, what you, what you love, what you're passionate about. Yeah, so my name is Ben. Um, growing up, love the outdoors, but kind of stuck to that more of that hunting, fishing side of the world. Um, as I got older, tried to figure out what am I supposed to do in this world as a as a boy becoming a man. What in the world are we supposed to do? Um, so really started getting into school. Um, graduated high school and in college is where you begin to I don't know, kind of try to figure life out, which for me, hopefully for my kids, I can instill in them. I want them to know what they're going to do before they go to college, like. That would be perfect, um, but in yeah, college is yeah yeah. So in college, uh, I went in, went on ahead and got a degree in outdoor recreation, sport, and park administration. And during that time, I also uh, became an EMT um, licensed, actually as a nat- nationally registered. Um, so I was doing kind of that wilderness EMT side for for trips and in different groups. Um, and then yeah, we got my undergrad in that. Um, got a job working with at-risk youth. Um, I mean, the, the whole life story um, has really led me up to this point where I have been passionate about the outdoors, wanting to teach people about the outdoors, realizing that there's power in taking people and spending time in the outdoors. And so because of that, then I ended up getting a master's in and uh, what's called organizational leadership and kind of trying to figure out how do I make a business out of this. And so that's me in a very fast short snippet right um but it's led to this point of what's created what brian and i have created is meant to be outdoors yeah so basically what you're saying is everything that you've done in life has led you to this podcast right here exactly right (laughs) yeah to this moment no no kidding that's serious this is this is where we're at so yeah um but yeah and 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 in that walk and in in that journey it's never been clear Mm -hmm. you know i think people might assume sometimes that oh if i go do a b and c I'm going to have this. And it's just been a journey that's that's been adapting every step of the way and right. and so uh to be here with you guys. Thank you for yeah, thank you for allowing us to come out and talk to you today. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Brian? Well, I am born and raised here in the Ozarks and I think it is so hard to live uh in the Missouri, Arkansas Ozarks and not love the outdoors. It is a beautiful beautiful part of the world. Uh I can't tell you working in the outdoor industry how many times tourists i've worked around tourists so many times they come here and they're like this place is unbelievable i had no idea mm-hmm. it existed I, I had no idea hear that over and over i can remember being three years old on the gasconid river the very first smallmouth i caught so i've been a fisherman and a hunter my whole life just ingrained in the outdoors um, and because of of people in my life taking me to the outdoors which is so important too I went into uh, college thinking that i was going to i've always loved the sciences thinking i was going to teach uh, high school biology and coach. I love baseball and basketball. Um, 
And that changed in college. Like you said, you don't really know when you go in what you're going to do. I uh, decided that I wanted to uh, restore native habitats. I love wildlife. So I got a degree in wildlife biology. Um, I worked for three years as a, a videographer, hunt, uh, filming hunts, and a habitat consultant traveling all over, teaching farmers and ranchers how to better their uh, wildlife habitat. Got into working for, uh, well, uh, owner of Bass Pro Shops, Johnny Morris, and all kinds of roles in that outdoor world. But the whole time, Ben and I, uh, while going through college, had worked as uh, servers at, at Lambert's Cafe, home of the throw rolls. Oh, yeah. I don't know so, if you know yeah, that. Let's, let's oh, pause yeah. for just a yeah, minute. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because so you, so Brian graduated from Spokane High School, and yeah. I did as yeah. well. Um, I'm just a few years older than he is, but we both graduated from Spokane. Uh, we both worked at Lambert's Cafe as, well, we worked our way all the way up. You start as a busboy and then you, wow. you either get to throw rolls or serve. Yeah. yeah. How many stages until you get to be a, a roll thrower? Well, they kind of have the rule that you need to, you need to work there for a year before you can serve. But the roll throwing is you have to start as a busboy and then yeah. you usually start out passing something. They have all this food the that passes around, like, IPs, like okra or something potatoes, like that. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> Mounds of, mountain of food. If they see you have a personality and that maybe you play baseball, they're like, you want to try to throw rolls? And then you get <laughs> yeah. on that and then you think it's the coolest thing ever and then you do it like five days a week for right. a couple of months and you're like, I never want to touch bread <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. Well, I was there for 11 years. I, I, did, I, I didn't know we had food, food royalty. Oh, yes. gosh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, 11 years? 11 years. Yeah, this yeah. is and crazy. I, and wow. I did eight, eight years. Actual so almost 20 throwers of the rolls. Like yeah. that's in a, our presence. Yeah. So in, in that roll throwing, you get to where you, you juggle you do behind the back throws. But oh, yeah. in those days, the managers were more strict so you kind of had to like Look over your shoulder, make sure no one's looking as you do the behind the back. <laughs> really? I feel like now they, they let you do whatever you want. So, mm -hmm. you know, times have changed, guys. Right. But yeah. the, the whole point of bringing that up is that's where he and I really got to be friends yeah. and, and kindred this love. We both shared this love of the outdoors and wanting to share it with others and, mm -hmm. and really just wanting to, to teach it, not only share it, but to teach it. Um, talked about for over a decade, maybe we should just do our own thing one day. And, and mm -hmm. finally, uh, whether push, push by just lost your well, mind. Yeah, lost our mind. We're we did it. Do it. Yeah, we lost yeah. our mind. We're just not going to sure. even think about it anymore. Yeah. We're going to do it. It's almost yeah. was a conviction. Like truly felt like God kept saying go. Uh -huh. um, you know, because in that time, as we were working at Lambert's, it was a great way to make money to to pay for school, going to college. Um, so going to college, doing that, and then after graduating, kind of trying to grow up and be like, well, that that money at Lambert's is so good. I hate mm -hmm. to leave it, you know. Mm -hmm. So then you go to to do what you've maybe graduated um, with a degree in, and and you don't make as much money, and you're kind of like, well, is this the right thing? Did this I make the right choice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you know, I went on to um, I did some at risk youth um, guiding for at risk youth, became a camp director. Um, you know, then also Brian and I then actually reconnected. Uh, I don't know how many years it was. Yeah, we came back. Um, we both worked for Warner's Wildlife, Dogwood Canyon, um, that that Johnny Morris Foundation um, mm -hmm. side of the world, and so and amazing experiences. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, we've worked. Yeah. I've worked with bald eagles and snakes and alligators and, and bison and elk. So from the wildlife standpoint, amazing yeah, had, experiences. Um, yeah. A captive herd of elk and, mm -hmm. and bison. Does that in Dogwood Canyon? Yes. Is that where they have Some that? of it is. The, a small portion of it is in Dogwood Canyon for people to actually go view from, from Tram, but then there's thousands more acres of uh, 
hundreds and hundreds of them actually being raised for for meat and yeah. for for right. stock yeah so what were you um what was your role with managing them were you kind of over that yeah. or you my were... initial role there was wildlife supervisor so i i came in um honestly the program was uh it was in a bad spot i will put it i'll just leave it at it was in a bad spot so i came in revitalized everything from deworming to proper feeding getting rid of weeds, creating pastures again. They needed a roll thrower to come. They needed a roll thrower. These bison needed some bread. Yeah. But (laughs) kind of revitalized that. And then uh, after a year, year and a half of doing that, I actually got the opportunity to move up into management. So I moved into operations over the park. And so that's pretty cool. Did that for several years. Yeah. Right. Very cool. It kind of sounds like a, I don't know, everything looks a lot better on the outside, of course, but sounds like, kind of the dream job and then you kind of got this call from God and he said yeah that was nice for a while he Mm -hmm, kind of let you do that for a while and then he said it's time for you to do something different yeah and that's how it was I I started off as a conservation education instructor yeah um several years in that that's that's where I kind of started learning the biology side you know Mm -hmm. because I would have to I didn't go to school for biology so as I got a bald eagle in my arm I have to learn everything about it to teach it and so that kind of helped me learn more of Brian's world um, but at that time, as a conservation education instructor, you're teaching hunting, fishing, paddling, backpacking, um, survival, you know, all the, all the things that people want to learn. And so left that, went to human resources department. Yeah. And it was there that I was like, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? And um, left human resources that time. And, and that's when I started meant to be. Okay. Um, and so it's, it was a quick, like, this was not. It wasn't right. a it wasn't a spur of the moment decision to start meant to be, but maybe the the it was uh, the kick I needed. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was kind of the genesis moment of or the origin story, as as you would say, really, when you guys got to those points and you're like, all right, this is something that we want to really pursue. Maybe get something on paper. And mm-hmm. What does that look like? So kind of transitioning from that point. So what is uh, the mission? exactly of meant to be outdoors and then what do you guys seek to do with that yeah so our mission um is really we exist to connect people to the outdoors others and themselves because like i said everything that we've done all the way up to this moment the reality is is that everything's based on behavior like whether it be humans and what i've done from the leadership team development side to at-risk youth and working on behavior to then brian and all the animals that he's talking about no matter animal or human it's it's usually goes back to behavior. Yeah. Even so, even the way like the state of habitat is usually due to human behavior. Yeah. And right. so you know we want to connect people to the outdoors. On the on the deep side of that, it's because you have your your zones. So you have your comfort zone, you have your stretch zone, and you have your panic zone. And when majority of people go into the outdoors, it removes them from the comfort zone and puts them in the stretch zone. Hmm. And it's there is where learning takes place. You don't learn in your comfort, and you don't learn in panic. Yeah, And so when we're outdoors, it stretches us. You know, even the removal today of cell phones has almost become its own outdoors. Panic zone. But in that zone. And so that's where we want to connect people to the outdoors. That's why. And we love it. Passionate about it. There's, there's so much we can talk about that. Yeah. But why we want to connect people then to others is because it is that servant leadership. You know, if, if everybody served everybody else, then everybody would be taken care of. Will that ever happen? Mm-hmm. No. But... 
that's that's the grand idea. Right. And then really for yourself, if you don't respect who you are, then you're probably not respecting other people. You're not going to respect nature. You're not going to respect wildlife. You're not going to respect equipment, buildings, mm-hmm. property, anything like that. So it comes back to that core respect. And that's why we, we want to connect people to to all of that. Right. I really like that uh, that idea of a stretch zone. Mm-hmm. We, we, we use the concept of sharpening to kind of get at the same idea. There's a certain amount of friction that has to exist if you're teaching a, a young person how to get better at something. Or if you yourself want to get better at something, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to make mistakes. Put yourself in a situation if you're uncomfortable. But, yeah. So just to review, it was uh, comfort, mm-hmm. stretch, and panic. panic. Yes. And we see a lot of that panic, too, with dealing with trauma. Correct. Like if someone gets back in that trauma place, they're not going to learn anything. You, you're not, you shouldn't try to talk to them or give them instruction in that in that moment, right. it's futile. You make the situation worse. So get them back in that, yeah, that stretch zone. Yeah, baseline, we call it. By the way, if, if you're listening to this and you want to like get on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, TikTok, you guys, I think, even do we that. We even some. do TikTok. Yeah, you we even wow. do TikTok. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. They're a little uh, younger than me. Right. Yeah. It's it's meant to be, as in the the number two and the letter B Correct. outdoors. Ben and Brian. Ben and Brian. Two oh, I didn't. I have never made that connection. <laughs> I'm glad you said something. Yeah. Meant to be outdoors. So you could be looking at their page while you're listening if yeah, you want. Yeah, and please check it out. Yeah, yeah. seeing what's going on with them. You bet. Put a, okay. Put a to the name. Brian, so, do, do, you, do you have anything to add to that in terms of why why meant to be outdoors? You know, what is it that yeah, um, drew you to it? So, and I, we kind of had this conversation off mic earlier that there's there is something powerful about the outdoors and and because i'm a follower of of jesus christ i put that to that it is creation and so are we Mm -hmm. so when we are interacting with creation there are things that are happening that are unexplained for me it reinforces my awe in god i can go out and i can see all the organisms and plants and everything that has to occur that we can so easily walk by but everything that has to be there for for everything else to be there. It all works in together in food chains and food webs. And it really it really restores my awe in God and who He is. And it's so easy to lose mm-hmm. amongst the technology and, and amongst our, fa- our fancy cars and our fancy homes. It's, it's easy to lose that awe. Right. So being out and just being uh, honestly restored, that, that is why I feel we all, all are, whether we think we like the outdoors or not, we are meant to be outdoors. If you look around at balconies in new york city what do people put on them they put green plants like mm. everyone has some sort of connection at their own level well, usually because of life experiences they have balconies nature. they have balconies right I mean, why do they even put them on there because you want to go outdoors right, right. yeah yeah well in new york there's central park we went there with our kids before covid mm-hmm. and got to go to central park and there's actually something called the um the mile something mile it's 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 an old elevated uh train that they've converted into a mile and a half of green space. And so you walk along this track above the ground, above all the streets and the hustle and the bustle. The Green Mile? It's not the Green Mile. <laughs> no, it's I, not that right. Why I can't remember the name of it. It's pretty, it's pretty famous. But it's, it's really in the last 20 years that it's come, come, come about. So if you're the traditional things you think about New York City, the Empire State and the Statue of Liberty, you're not going to think of it. But if you get on a trip advisor and you're like top things to do in New York City, like now, it's, you'll see it. But it's it's what you're talking about in a city of what 10 million, 15 right. million. I mean, larger than that, the, yeah, the greater yeah. area. They have to have those spaces, or people are literally going to like turn on themselves, Correct. and it's going to be like 
ugly, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, Brian, you had mentioned just kind of the connection and, and what the outdoors does, and we've talked about it on this podcast before, but really from the beginning of Whetstone, we always felt that it was that we wanted to have a big piece of property like like we have here. Like we, we just gave you guys a tour of our yeah, property. Yeah, thanks for showing us. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you guys uh, coming coming along for the ride on that. Uh, but we love doing that, and we always wanted to use nature as a classroom. We just felt like boys, that's what they needed. That's the way God created us, as you said. And, you know, you couple that with just at our core believing that the, the power of Christ to change lives using those mediums uh, to do that is something that we knew would be a, a vital part of our program. Mm-hmm. And so um, so it's no coincidence, just the connection that uh, and it leads kind of into our next question of just the connection that we have with you guys and what you guys are, are all about and what you like to do and are passionate about. There's a lot of overlap there. Um, so having said that, why don't you, I don't, Ben or Brian, doesn't matter which one of you guys take that, but how did you guys learn about Whetstone initially that led us to this point? So I've got a, uh, so Tony Khalil um, is actually the gentleman that um, shared your name with us, shared, shared you guys and, and your name. Um, you know, Tony, I met Tony through another mutual friend. So it's like you're asking earlier, like, how did we get to this podcast today? And Tony, it, it's Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Tony, Tony got us here, but it's, it is that connection piece that we're talking about. We exist to connect people. Like you see the connections, the dots is taking place. And so, um, Tony connected us with you, but I connected with Tony with another friend. Right. Um, and so because of, uh, Tony knowing our passion, like what we love to do. Um, he knows that, uh, we could do a men's trip once a year. Uh, we go out, whether it be the Buffalo national river or, or uh, hiking, backpacking, we do something with a group of guys, and and uh, I got to talk with Tony one night about my passion, what I wanted to do, and so he's known this for a while. That meant to be outdoors mm-hmm. before so, meant to be outdoors. before meant yeah. to be outdoors started, and so um, him just knowing that, doing what he did with you guys and, right. and helping you out is just it's been awesome to to see this connection piece grow and, and how we got connected through. Tony, right? And this is we should be a little more specific. Tony Khalil, yes, sir. His name. Yeah. He has a, a business called Khalil Media, Media. Khalil. Media. Mm-hmm. and he's the one that put together our videos on our website, mm-hmm. both the welcome video that kind of shows what it's like to be a boy at Whetstone, and then some fundraising videos. And we've, yeah, yeah, really enjoyed that collaboration with with Tony. You know, Tony's incredibly talented from. Yeah from still photography mm-hmm. to the, the videography side. And he's very gracious too, which even stands out above his talent. Yeah. Willing to take your call. I'm in a dire need. We have a podcast, like you said, and, mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, I messed up. Our our audio is terrible. <laughs> and and he's the guy to call to fix that. And, and he'll yeah. take the call and, and give you some of his important time. He's a busy guy, you know, father, husband, businessman as well. Yeah. He'll give you time to, to help fix your solution just because he's gracious and use those talents. Have you guys had him on the podcast? On We've been trying, but we no, we have an audio. Yeah. 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 yeah, we're going to. We'll have, we'll yeah. have, have, have yeah. on. The next time so. anybody sees Tony Khalil, you need to ask him about <laughs> about the. I'll just call it a lake, but the lake, the knife, and the catfish. And I'm going to leave it at that. But <laughs> okay. let him okay. tell you the story. It's it's we'll a good serve one. that one up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you have lake, him on your podcast, yeah. is that that's okay. That's a tee up. Yeah. So no, no other dirt on Tony that we can talk about him since he's not here. <laughs> no, I no. 
I don't. No. I don't have anything right. to share. <laughs> uh, he's no. got pursed lips of it. He's yeah. got something to share, but he's not willing to share no, it right he now. He worked at so. Bass Pro, right? And you have a connection he there did, as well. Yeah. So was that how? Well, I had met Tony. Uh-huh. After getting to know Tony, yeah. he and I discussed some projects that we we didn't even know. We worked right. on the same project, some some video projects, and uh, so I didn't really know him from that. Right. But talking years later, we we were on. Okay. Similar projects, but didn't know each other. I was actually guiding a, it was a fishing trip, um, but it was for, man, I can't even think of the group. Um, it was a veterans group, but I can't think of what what the program was. But anyway, we were out guiding um, a fishing trip, and they were wanting some marketing done. And so here comes a guy in a boat. He gets out of his boat and gets in my boat, takes pictures, jumps mm-hmm. out, gets back in his boat and leaves. Fast forward to years later, that was Tony. I didn't yeah. even know. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Tony, I mean, we had a lot of us. We'd work together, but we yeah. just really didn't know. Didn't know, yeah. didn't yeah. know each other. Yeah. yeah, I've had a few discussions with him about some of those boat shoots and just how all that works. It's pretty crazy. You got a fifteen to thirty second commercial that's just looks so polished and yeah. and perfect, yeah. and it amounts to I don't know what six or seven hours on yeah. the you know multiple boats, multiple shots, and then hours of editing material so it's pretty amazing what those guys can do yeah, i thought um, you were going to say tony uh, told you to cast your net on the other side of the boat <laughs> you know but he he would know that kind of thing he would you know, where, he where would. the fish are <laughs> yep yeah how to get as many That's as you can yeah. Yeah. um well there's a another first off i mean it's it's i just want to observe that it's amazing how god brings people together like you said that's one of your missions and it's one thing that we've learned over the years is you can work as hard as you can to try to set everything up and and God expects us to be proactive and to use our brains and to be organized, you know, organizational leadership. But at the end of the day, he's the one that, that chooses to make things grow. He's the one that, that provides whatever you need because you don't even know what you need half the time, less than half the time. We think we know. (laughs) A lot less than half the time. We don't know. We think we do. Yeah, we think we know a lot. But so, um, so moving on, I want to talk about like working with struggling teenagers, because I know that's not um, your your main mission, but it sounds like that is a big part of your mission. So, what have you learned that we can share with teachers, parents, counselors on this podcast about working with struggling teenagers in the outdoors? What are some do's? What are some don'ts? That kind of thing. What's worked for you? I just want to say this. I personally haven't worked with what would be considered at-risk teenagers, but I've yeah. worked with teenagers in all different kinds of programs. And in today's culture, um, with what they are bombarded with, I mean, the devil is coming at them from every angle, worse than we yeah. we even had. I think they're all struggling in some sure. way. Yeah. And I, I do think that there should be more of a shift and more of a compassion shifted to what our teenagers, whether considered at-risk, struggling, mm-hmm. Uh, there should be a compassion shifted to what they are having to deal with and the, mm-hmm. really the world that is setting up for them that they are going to have to um, to battle. And, and really that starts with Jesus Christ and, and, and instilling some foundation uh, of a Savior to them because um, they have just the Internet and the things that can be on their phone in an instant. Yeah. Um, it's really dangerous. Um, but I just want to say that just to kind of shift everyone's mindset to mm-hmm. considering the teenagers in their life, whether it's at church, at home, or or your neighbors. Um, yeah, I any think way that's you can a great, pour great point. Like every teenager at some point is going to struggle. 
And, and that struggle is not necessarily a bad thing, like we've talked about. It's the stretch zone. God stretch. puts us through this period of time in our lives to force us to grow. Otherwise, we wouldn't become the people, the men and the women that he wants us to become. So, yeah, you can you can interpret that however you want. Because uh, we have parents listening to this who, who I'm, hope, I'm hoping they're not at the the breaking point with their son or daughter and thinking yeah. where where do I send him now I'm hoping that people are listening to this thinking about well, how can I sharpen my relationship how can I have a better relationship with a teenager that I'm struggling with right now and and how can I use the the outdoors to do that that's a great that's a really great question and if if there was one single answer you mm-hmm. know we would all go do that and yeah. it'd be fixed um, you know on our tour Brent and I were talking, and, and I think what he shared was that, you know, he used the word flexible. Um, I may tend to use adaptable more than that, but because flex, when I'm flexible, there's a breaking point, right? So I can try to do the splits, but if you help me, I'm going to break. <laughs> like, but that's where in that adaptable world, we do have to be so adaptable because the answer I'm about to give may not work for everyone listening, right? Mm-hmm. But but there is a, a foundation, there is a truth that I believe, and it's what it's how we start all, any of our programs that we go to. Um, you know, it, it goes back to Genesis. Uh, it's right before the fall, um, before Eve eats the apple. Um, God basically says, don't eat it, right? So he's setting expectations for his, his people. And because they're people, we see that we're sinners today. That happened. That sin took place. But what's crazy is when God comes back into the scene after that, that apple has been eaten, he asks this question of like, where are you? Well, God knows where they're at. Like he knows exactly where they're at. But you think about as parents, when we know our kids have done something that they shouldn't do, I usually ask them first, did you spill that milk? Well, I know they did. They're the only ones they have milk in their hand. But I say, did you spill that milk? Because I want to know if they're going to own it. Are they going to own what they just did? Because if they do, wow, we're leaps and bounds ahead. We're, We're doing really good. You know, when they don't own it, now we've added a lie. Now we're going to add more lies on lies, mm. which lies break trust, and we have to, to regrow and rebuild them. But right. back to the garden. So, you know, God comes through, finds them, and he's like, guys, you you did not, you didn't do what I asked you to do. Right. So now there are consequences or penalty. Like ticks. Like yeah. ticks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but because the expectations were set, they weren't followed, there has to be accountability. There has to be, because if there's not accountability, then we can go do whatever we want, however we want. And that's not God. That's not how it happened. That's why our world isn't that way. Like, mm-hmm. there has got to be accountability. And so we're, when we start our programs off, we teach what respect is. We teach what safety is. And then we, we talk about fun. But I let everybody know, like, before we get started, these are, this is what I'm going to hold you to. Because if we can't work on behavior. If if behavior isn't there where it needs to be, then I can't go into the schools and take knives and, and do woodworking. I can't teach kids how to build fires. Mm-hmm. Um, so behavior is that key. And that's what my, my note for parents. It's tough to do, but you have to set the expectation and then you have to be account. You have to hold them accountable to it. And that's what's so hard. Like it is so hard for me to tell my son, don't do this. And then when he breaks it, I want to have this loving heart of being like, ah, it's okay. It was just, it was just this one time. But as it happens over and over and over again, there's no more accountability, you know, and, and it's sometimes bro- you work with the parents, you mentioned the parents uh, on some of these groups. Do you, are there times where you work with the teenager and the parents or so, where, where would you say you do most of your work? At, you know, what we're realm? doing today, uh, 
we don't have a lot. Uh, currently, we're not doing a whole lot of parents and, and youth uh, together. We were doing some for an organization. Um, that was awesome, fun, love to get back to that. But it's kind of moved on to where it's just it's, it's kids. Um, yeah, kids true. ages from six up to, well, 99. It's kids at heart, yeah. too, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, for parents, like, it, it, it is tough. And, and, but it comes from that parent. And during that one of those programs where we had this adult and teen, um, we were teaching fire building and some survival primitive skill stuff. And at the end of it, one of the parents said, well, how can I get my child to go outdoors more? And I wasn't like trying to be a turd, you know, I was trying to be nice. But I said, how often do you go outdoors? And it was like the eye opening of like, well, I don't really go outdoors. And so how can you expect your child to go outdoors if you're not going outdoors? Mm -hmm. That's the same with behavior, church, Mm -hmm. school, you know, it's so important. You have to model that way. And that's what I believe you guys are doing for these boys, because if there is no model or role model, then what do you have to look up to? You know, at the end of the day, my role model is Jesus Christ, and that is so hard to, to ever come close to that. That's just so tough. But at the core of who he was, I believe it is respect. Yeah. Um, and and if you ask anybody today what respect is, I'm going to tell you that most people right now, if you're listening to this mm-hmm. and you're like, what is respect? Most people can't define what it is. They don't know. They use it. They mm-hmm. use the word, but they really don't even know what that word means. And when yeah. you say respect, you're talking about respect that uh, two people have for each other, respect that we have for the outdoors, respect for what God has given us to be stewards of. So those are all things that mm -hmm. we should respect, absolutely. And and when we're teaching these programs, I'm going to let these kids even process through, like, what is respect? And so Mm -hmm. when we break it down really fast, it is to be present, it is to be caring, and it is to be honest. And and you think about those cores, like, if, if I wasn't present right now with you, that would be so disrespectful because I'm on your podcast. The same way when I ask the kids, right. raise your hand if you get frustrated when you're trying to talk to mom and dad, but they're on their phone. Mm-hmm. Well, all of them raise their hand because they want to be heard. They want to. They want the parent to be present. And right. then I flip it and I say, how many of you believe your parents get mad because you're on your phone? Mm-hmm. Well, then all of them have to raise mm-hmm. their hand because they're not listening. They're not being present. Right. And it's it's it is that being present. It's also the being caring because that's that's the golden rule, right? That's doing others you'd have done unto you. Like mm-hmm. that is the thing that we're striving for, but. You can't do that if you're not present. And that is, I think, so hard for us as humans to be truly present in the moment. Like, right. since this podcast has started, our listeners have checked in and out. Like, they haven't been present all in on this podcast. Mm-hmm. People don't. You, there's a, I mean, they're dry, right? So to right. be present is so hard in whatever you're doing. And, and that kind of then leads into that, be honest. Like, yeah. when you make a mistake, own it. And that's why I asked that. That's why I believe God asked that question of like, where are you? Why are you hiding? You know, yeah. I think he asked the question, why are you hiding? Mm-hmm. Well, he knows why they're hiding. Mm-hmm. He knows where they're at. But it's yeah. it goes back to what we should do as parents in, in that accountability of ask them um, so they can own it. Because when you own it, that's where you you don't lie anymore. You own your potency and you begin to then build that trust back with whatever relationship it is. And in building trust is where we truly grow together. Like one little lie splits it apart and, yeah. and when we lose trust it's so hard to work together you know it's so hard to yeah work one together. of the one of the things with our father-son weekends that we did it kind of goes back to that stretching and what the outdoors does and again as we're talking about parents and teacher or parents and their kids and and what that does if we can get them out outdoors it it puts us in an uncomfortable situation we had a day of canoeing with our fathers and sons and a few of them had never really even been on 
a canoe and had done anything like that. And it was pretty evident right away. I mean, yeah. literally awesome? within 10 yards of them getting in. And it was, it was purposeful for the fathers to be in the back steering the ship, you know. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, a tip over within literally right. like right off five back. seconds. Yeah. 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 And the idea was for me to hang back and Axel to kind of ride middle, but... It, with this spill, Axel had to go back and uh, kind of mitigate that situation. But it put them in a started a stressful situation initially because they just were in uncharted waters, pardon the pun. Uh, <laughs> they were not used to that. They were in that stretch zone. And so they had to work through that. And there were some really cool things that happened, you know, kind of processing through on the back end of that. We had a great day. They they maybe dumped over another time or yeah, two. absolutely. But they worked through it. They didn't, you know, they were able to kind of get past some of the initial frustrations and, you know, looking stupid. But that's what the outdoors does is it puts us in those situations to grow us, to stretch us. That's mm-hmm. why it's important for us mm-hmm. to have those elements in our program and why you guys are even doing what you're doing mm-hmm. uh, to be able to to, to sharpen those uh, skills and to just make things, uh, to kind of bring things to the surface I that need it, to be uh, addressed. Yeah, absolutely. It, it it does, if you're being present. And that's why I think it's so important as a role model is the parent, because you said it brings those things to the surface. But if you're not present and being aware and paying attention to that, then you lose it. You know, you lose, that's just like in a survival situation. If you're starving, you need your food. If you're keeping your head down, you're not looking around for food, well, you may be passing all kinds of food to your left and right. It's there. So you're not stopping to get it, but it's because right. you're not aware in yeah. that moment. And and that's why it's so important to be present in what we do. Um, you know, Brian and I are also a believer in, in creation. So you'll see in Genesis that God gave us the dominion over creation. Mm-hmm. But today, people are going to believe that creation has a dominion over us. Mm. And that's just not true. And so when we go out, when we go have dominion over the earth, as we're out there, like when we're present, when we're being truly respectful, like it's awesome. Growth yeah. takes place. It's yeah. And you guys utilize that. You, you have this awesome farm, this awesome ranch here, and, and you, in Genesis, it says we have to go, part of the curse is we have to go work the earth. And you guys send your boys out. You, we, you showed us projects that they were working on, cutting down cedar trees and, and spraying weeds. They have to go out and do that. But there is a powerful message that you are sending to them without even really vocalizing anything that we have to take care of this. It isn't just going to, it isn't going to just exist perfectly as it is, especially if we're going to use it. In today's world, it's called Mother Earth or na- yeah, yeah, Mother, yeah, Nature. Mother Nature all the time. And it gives it this, this hierarchical view that we're less than and we're not, we have dominion over it and that's God given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just a, a takeaway from what, what you said, Ben, uh, that I think is really helpful to parents is those three things, be present, uh, be caring and then be honest. Be honest. And that's your, your definition of, of respect, which is, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And I, I would just add to that too. You can't, it doesn't do a whole lot of good to be honest if you're not also caring. Sure. As parents, yeah. teachers, counselors. Well, can I give you an example? Let me yeah. give you an example. Right. So some things that I hear parents today in the grocery store while yeah. their kid's sitting next to them or in the shopping cart, yeah. they will be like talking about how bad their child is. Mm-hmm. In front of them. In front of them. Yeah. You know, um, even going to the, the stretch of saying, well, they're an accident. Yeah. You know, this is an accident child, like joking about it. You know, like that is so 
man, just, well, I won't go down that road. It's yeah. a tangent. But it frustrates <laughs> gonna, me because... You're going to damage the relationship you instead are. of making it better. You're, you're, you're breaking yeah. it down. You're tearing it down when there is no accident. And it goes back to that parent again of, of being truly respectful and caring and honest. And so right. in that honesty of if you believe that was honest... Hush your mouth. You don't need to say that. Yeah. Because you need to be caring. There's a time. And I know in the outdoors, I didn't, I grew up in the city, Pontiac, Michigan, and I went on outdoor excursions with Jeremy Thompson, our executive director. He was in Boy Scouts and he's an Eagle Scout and his dad was a troop leader and everything. Yeah. And I got to go along with him and uh, I didn't know a lot of the things at first. It was second nature to him. So they were very respectful to me to come along beside me and, and help me through things. And I, I think they did a good job of balancing that honesty, like that's not the way to do that with the caring, you know, not shaming me for not knowing it. Um, yeah. And I think we've all been in situations when the opposite was true, where you didn't know how to do something. Someone tried to explain it to you, but they did it in a way that was very disrespectful. Absolutely. And it wasn't helpful at all. Right. And when you're dealing with young people that are doing something for the first time and so concerned with what other people think about them, that's you really have to make sure that, you know, they don't they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's good. A bit, a bit yeah. of a cliche, but no, yeah. But very yeah. true. Yeah. You know, I think one more thing that that needs to be added to to help really bring this full circle is in being honest, do not say something that you're not going to do. Mm. And, and, and that's that's the other side of this accountability piece that yeah, realistic expectations. Yeah, you'll yeah. you may hear somebody say, don't do this or and then fill in the blanks. So you'll get the, the crazy ones. You'll hear parents be like, if you don't quit crying, we're going to go out in the car. Well, they're still crying in my aisle next to me and they haven't went to the car. So like when you're setting expectations, make them realistic and don't don't not. How do I say that? Don't not do what you yeah. say you're gonna do. So um, follow through. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it is hard to or do. Or the one, two, two. <laughs> yeah, just give them more longer <laughs> to disobey, right? And, and you know, and when you're getting into the teenage years, you know, they're starting to develop so much. I mean, at age eight, most of your tribes a long time ago. At age eight, they're they're going out with dads and they're working, so they're. You know, and, it, and it's not that you're behind in any way. It's that it is a, it's it is going to be a little bit harder to build the trust back. Because at some point, if your kid's maybe not listening to you, there may be some broken trust. I mean, that's just what it is. And, and you got to heal from that. But that accountability, so expectations to accountability is make realistic expectations. You know, yeah. uh, for my son, I say if, well, before we go anywhere, I say, son, make sure that we're being respectful. He knows what that is, right? I don't have to tell him why not to be respectful because he already knows now because I've set the expectation and held him accountable so much that he knows that there will be a consequence <laughs> and he doesn't want to have to deal with that. But it's going to be something realistic that no video games, no TV, you know, no, it isn't this, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to burn your shoes. I'm going to burn your yeah. shoes. And you'll yeah. hear like parents say some of the craziest things. Like if, if you don't hush down, I'm going to. And I'm like, that is so bizarre. You'll never do that. Like, all, yeah. over all your video <laughs> you're, games. you're not going to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to burn all your video games. <laughs> and if you are a parent no, you are. who is going to do that, maybe you should reconsider that <laughs> consequence too. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and nature, nature sets up those boundaries for us just naturally. Like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't say it's going to do something and not do it. Right, right. Ever. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So what would you add to that, Brian, in terms of using the outdoors to work with young people who are at a moment of crisis or who are struggling? So on that respect topic, 
I love to spend time outdoors with, with my kids, all kids, but I am very intentional with, with planning time outdoors mm-hmm. with my children. Yeah. And I let them and teach them to do things like catch frogs. Um, mm-hmm. We catch snakes and, and play with snakes. We catch fish mm-hmm. and, and play fish. But there's a level of respect there. Like, for instance, my son, my oldest son, he's five. He is ate up with fishing. He loves to fish. And we have ponds by our house. And we were fishing the other day, and we have caught and released probably a thousand fish and we always release them well he thought now that he's five and he's big he was going to throw this bluegill and i mean he launched this thing like 30 yards and it was just a moment to stop and reinforce hey yeah that is not respectful yeah that is still god's creation it was a privilege and a blessing for you to come over here and catch it mm-hmm. let's release it and respect the same way the right way so you can just reinforce everything that you're doing and saying in your home and at the grocery store outdoors and there's less distractions to pull you away there there's there's not the phones there's not the tv there's not someone else in the other room when you take just you and your children to the outdoors you can reinforce all the same things that you're establishing at home without all the distraction yeah yeah i think i'd I'd add to this that hang on i just lost my train of thought but it was really well uh, i'll fill it in or you got you got something go well just i was gonna Maybe that'll come back. I was going to switch gears a little bit of just thinking about, you mentioned phones and distractions and technology. And I think, you know, that's something that, yes, we we don't really do video games here. And and we all know with phones how distracting they can be and how really detrimental they could be to development and just us as parents being present, as we've talked about. But just thinking about what you guys do, from your outdoor practical setting, what we do here, technologies like anything else, it could be used for bad or it could be used for good. So just on a base level of what you guys do with some of your programming that is enhancing something that you do, or do you guys take the stance of no technology or maybe what are some technology uh, apps or things that you guys use to really enhance the experience and the teaching that you guys do? Well, there's this, it's not so new now, but it's really, people are saying it's going to really ramp up, and that's the metaverse. And we are not going to be on the metaverse, but there are going to be people that utilize the metaverse for outdoor education. People are going to teach, and there are going to be opportunities there, like being able to go travel through tech, through the network to a totally mm-hmm. different biosphere and learn survival skills that are perfect for that biome not not where we live here in the ozarks but there's there's this in theory versus in practice and you are still going to be gaining the skills and it's still really going to be in theory you're not really going out and and practicing them so we will always as meant to be outdoors ben and brian we're always going to be focused on actually going outdoors and doing the skills do we use technology absolutely we've used it today i use the onyx app while we're out on your farm looking at looking at your acreage and your property so what is that what's onyx onyx is uh so they, they have Onyx Off-Road. Um, they have three different platforms now. Off-Road, which is for people who like to go Jeep and four-wheeler. They have Onyx Backcountry, backcountry which is for like hiking. And they have Onyx Hunt, which is the one that I was utilizing today. Um, and it, it has all of your mapping overlays. You can choose like 60 different overlays. You can make your own points on there. It shows property boundaries of who owns what property right, and so where they're at. Where the private or public land Correct. may be. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you can download those to where you don't have to, you know, most of the time when you're in the backcountry or mm-hmm. something, you're like you have no service. And so right. it's nice to be able to 
just have them on your phone Correct. so you know the area because you've downloaded that that, that area. If we're guiding a trip, uh, like a, say we're guiding a paddling trip, we're pretty much going to count on, plan on not having service. We always download maps before we go. Yep. We always download them and try to have access to them. It, it, it increases safety in the outdoors uh, for sure. I mean, and that's ONX. ONX. Right? Mm-hmm. If you guys want to just uh, throw that out there for anybody that uh, wants to check that out. What, any, how about any others, Ben? Yeah, we've, we've uh, utilized Seek before, S-E-E-K. It's an app. Um, it's kind of like what Google Lens is trying to do. I think... I think the Seek app is, is kind of ahead of that, and you are going to use your camera on your phone, and it's going to help you to identify plants, um, insects, uh, almost well, trees, any almost anything outdoors. It's going to now. It's not 100 perfect. So my dog came up as a llama, right? So a little <laughs> off, but you know, I would not take this out and use this for a wild edibles course, right? But as you're hiking, as your you know, we've used it before on on some guided hikes we were doing. It isn't a filler because you you can learn from it, but it allows people the opportunity to do something from point A to point B, and you can you can kind of like an eye spy or a, um, so it's great to walk around and, and especially in the springtime as those flowers are popping with beautiful colors, you're like what is that? You know I haven't seen yeah. it all year until the spring, and, right. and so it will help you to identify, and then you can take it a step further and go to your research if you want to yeah. when you get home. Are you sure your dog isn't a llama? <laughs> you know, I could I mean, be wrong, but yeah, I'm pretty sure named it Tina. Tina. It's a it's, it's a red healer, so it had some of that. Uh, I guess oh. so the coloration of the llama. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just, but no, it it is a good app to use. There's probably others, so pick one. But mm-hmm. you know, if you are uncomfortable in the outdoors, find these apps. Take your children out, and when they have questions, yeah. be honest. If you don't know the answer, say, "I don't know." But you've got these resources that you can look up to help not only educate yourself but your children, right? And maybe in the moment or maybe later at home, but take them and use them for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, there's an app that Lori used uh, a while back that, I don't know, I can't remember the name of it, but it just showed all the stars. Like you could just take it out. Oh, and yeah. Just, mm-hmm. So it just show, shows you what planets are where and what stars and just kind of the solar yeah. system and there's some really cool things out there that, um, again, you can use to enhance an outdoor experience. You're just going out there, and you know you got everybody in the family is looking up at the at the stars, and you're having a conversation, and you're you're kind of exposing some wonder that they haven't been exposed to before. And uh, so there's a lot of great things that we can use technology. There's for. something I heard of uh, called podcasting too <laughs> yeah what app that is that some technology <laughs> spotify god you asked you can uh spotify uh, apple Podcasts. you can you can find meant to be outdoors you can find time to sharpen but it's it's a bit of a catch-22 though isn't it if, it is. if you're in the outdoor adventure therapy nature teaching us things and you're trying to use technology to advance your cause yes it can very easily become uh, such a distraction, yeah. right? Yeah. So, how? What are some limits you put on technology in your in your ministry or in your personal lives that allow you to get the most out of technology without it being a distraction? So, anything that Brian, I, well, I'll speak for myself. Anything that I'm going to do, I'm going to. It's it's what we define conservation as. Mm-hmm. So, there's a big word called conservation, and a lot of people have heard it, but what is it? And it means to use, don't abuse. So we are to go out and use it and not to abuse it. Mm-hmm. I feel that falls in line with anything, especially technology. 
we are to use it, let's use it. Let's enjoy this. But the moment that you begin to abuse it, just like anything else, we have an issue. And so, yeah. so with Brian and I, we're going to use this technology, but we're not going to rely on it. So if I'm going to be guiding a trip in the backcountry, I'm going to take a GPS. I'm going to even take a satellite phone. I'm going to take whatever device I might need to not only keep my participants and ourselves safe, but to have, if we just need a call for something simple, it doesn't matter, but I'm not going to rely on it. It's not going to be my only thing. I'm going to have plan B and plan C. And those plan B and C are going to be your evac routes, uh, different forms of communication, uh, physical maps instead of digital maps. You know, the phone is so amazing, but the moment the battery's dead, you've lost not only your signaling device, but your maps and, and your apps and all your fun stuff. So mm -hmm. what is your backup? I think that's what's so important. Use the phone, take the phone, but don't rely on it. It shouldn't be your primary anything. Yeah, that's good advice. Diversify. Yeah. It's good investment advice. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Didn't think you were gonna get some investment advice. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't take it from us. Yeah. We're not the guys to take investment advice. No. Yeah. Brian, you got anything to add to that? You know, I'll just speak to kind of I guess how I guide my family. Um, I let my kids watch TV, and I don't put a you only get thirty minutes here. You don't you only get thirty minutes there. If it is safe to go outside, meaning it's not freezing, it's not lightning, and it's not 100 degrees. Even sometimes when it's 100 degrees, they're begging to go outside. But since my kids were, since they learned to walk, if we can go outside, we go outside. Mm -hmm. If I, I ask my kids when they come home from preschool, how much time did you guys go outside today? Oh, well, we didn't go outside today. It was 95 degrees. I'm going to guarantee they spend at least one full hour, if not two, till the end of daylight mm -hmm. outdoors. Yeah. And what that has done, my kids are only five and two. They bug the heck out of me about going outdoors. <laughs> created a monster. There are Saturday mornings. Yeah, I have, yeah, created a monster. Saturday mornings where I'm like, I just want to get to my third cup of coffee. <laughs> and you can watch Power Rangers if you want to, but I just need to get to my third cup of coffee. But I'm like halfway through the first one. Well, Dad, can we go outdoors? And I'm like, it's 7.15. It's 7.15. <laughs> but of course, yeah. I have to stop and say, am I going to hold two? Am I going to be uh, honest in what I have built and I have to stop and say you know what yeah yeah we can and so just instilling that in in my own children modeling it for them and then I can go out and tell other people to do the same thing but if I'm not doing it in my own home then then what credibility do I have yeah I love video games <laughs> I mean people may not know that but I, yeah. I love to play I, I yeah. just played Pikmin 3 deluxe my son's play. I, yeah I enjoy it a lot but that's what I would add, that I, I have to, to know my limits. And, and if it's going to impact my family at all negatively, well, then get rid of it, right? Mm, yeah. So after they go to bed, I usually get in my 30 minutes, maybe an hour, you know, like it depends <laughs> out. But I do play. I love technology. I love yeah. it. But that's, that's what I want to share here is, is if I'm going to tell my kids they need to go outdoors and they can't play video games, well, then I shouldn't be hiding downstairs playing video games. Like, yeah. I think that's what's so what Brian was saying there of like the kids want to go outside. He needs to go out with them. Same way. If, if I'm going to say, I don't want you on your cell phone, then I shouldn't be on my cell phone either. So yeah. Yeah. why am I, why am I telling my, my kids or people know, but I'm still doing it. And so that's why I think it's, I love technology. I want to use it, but I love the outdoors just as much. And, and I'm yeah. going to take my kids out there as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I never tell my kids when they ask, yeah, you go. 
I never do that. I always go with him. And I know they are young. We live in a safe place. They could easily go play in the front yard by themselves. I, I always go with him. And I think that is so, port- so important. When you were on our podcast, Brandon, mm-hmm. your message was to keep showing up. And I, if that is part of showing up is, yeah. is doing what you are saying important. Do that with him. Um, and it doesn't have to be complicated. Parents can get overwhelmed with, well, I wasn't raised in the outdoors. I, I'm not an outdoorsman. You can go out there and just say, well, who can find a four-leaf clover? Or who can find the biggest worm? Can you find an ant? It yeah. doesn't have to be complicated. And let these kids go create that wonder word that you use and, and learn. Creation will teach them without you ever writing or delivering any curriculum. Yeah, and if, if you happen to be afraid of ticks, you guys have a whole episode yeah, about how to we sure do. how to avoid them and what to do if you get one. So don't don't be afraid. Yeah, I think that's uh, just not overthinking it and and overthinking the power of just a moment uh, to be cliche. But we've talked on another podcast about you know just the the myth of quality time, and mm-hmm. you don't have to do some grandiose trip it's a it could just be 10 minutes of going out there and who can find like you said the four-leaf clover how many mushrooms um, can we find in the yard i mean it's just little things being intentional those are the things that matter and um we're so busy as a society and it's so this is one of the things that frustrates me uh in our family is just we have a lot of good things that we do um, and nothing in, innately is bad, but it's just always like we're just running, running, mm-hmm. running. It just fe- feels like a hamster wheel. And, and we have six kids. So in some capacity, I don't know how you get away from, from that at this point. And six kids, a lot of them are young that need uh, you have a six, lot of you care. You have six hamster wheels. So, so, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, it's a lot. But... We have to have that time to, to disconnect and, and go outside. And that's what I, I appreciate about uh, my wife's pretty simple and, and, and that way. She's not high maintenance. She just loves to spend time with the kids and just go do things outside. And, and she's cool that way and helps ground me mm-hmm. uh, with that as well. So it's important. Um, let, let's, let's wrap this, kind of move towards a bookend here with a little exercise. All right. Um, we asked Brian and Ben to, I don't know if we mentioned this specifically, but they've been here for several hours. Mm-hmm. We've, we've dri- yeah. driven them around mm-hmm. side by side and showed them the 30 by 30 expansion. And we've showed them the cabin and the fields and the forests and the lakes and everything. And we asked them beforehand to think about what they might do on our campus if they were, we like to talk about how this is a blank canvas sometimes mm-hmm. with the boys. We're designing a disc golf course. Like, just imagine what we can do. We can hang this basket from this tree. We could make this hole do this and up up and down. What are some ways, uh, and th- I know this, this is your passion. You're kind of excited about this kind of stuff. So I'm eager to hear your response about ways that you would use this campus to teach respect, to teach the, the values that are important to meant to be outdoors. And then maybe people could glean from that the types of services that you provide, um, whether it's individual landowners who want to transform their their acreage, or it's parents who want ideas about what to do things, or other people who are working in residential care who are like, let's get these boys outdoors. How? What are some things that we could do? Maybe you can do some of that 
like honesty with us in a caring way because mm -hmm. <laughs> I think we're doing some good things definitely but we we like to receive sharpening feedback this is after all podcast called a time to sharpen so yeah I think I'll kind of cover the the biology side and okay. I'll let Ben cover the the recreational side if, if that's all right we'll stick yeah. to our expertise here um looking at your property which I saw I think four deer while we were out uh kind of over here on the the south side overall you guys are wanting to add some hunting and implement hunting in your property you guys have cleared some spaces for food plots and i was kind of kind of trying to share food plots are awesome and so many hunters do food plots are so popular now people want to do food plots there's food plot seed at walmart anywhere that you go and you can buy hunting products there's food plot seed there but people really should have the view that that's supplemental and the habitat comes first it goes back to we should work the earth Turkeys are decreasing. They have been over the last handful of years, but people really now are just starting to sound this alarm of, oh my goodness, I am not seeing the turkeys that I used to see. Mm -hmm. They're going to go the way of quail if people don't get the message out and start making changes. And it really starts with habitat. If you want more deer, bigger deer, more turkeys, more hunting opportunities, if you want those animals to be on your property, then you have to provide them a proper home. You want them to have a Hilton. And that starts with habitat management. So if people truly want to have better hunting, I say start habitat first before you ever do a food plot. Um, start with your habitat. And that really, you need to think from the ground up. Most of these animals live on the ground. And as you go across the Ozarks, much of the Midwest, anywhere that we have forests, most of our forests are completely canopied out and sunlight is not reaching the ground. And so that makes awesome homes for, we talked about ticks. Yeah. It's a perfect home for ticks, but an awful home for their predators like turkeys. So that's why we have so many. Um, but once you start getting sunlight down to the ground, we stopped at a place where two oak trees had died. And what it was what, 20 feet by 20 feet mm -hmm. spot where the canopy was open and sunlight was getting to the ground. And we saw forbs and grasses growing up and it was just this one little patch everywhere else was just leaves and you could probably see at least 100 yards of the forest so maybe just starting with some habitat work my encouraging side of that is it is pretty cost effective to do and you guys have help with the boys to go out and do that and mm -hmm. you can be teaching them quality lessons at the same time of nurturing habitat um, it just just a simple hatchet and a squirt bottle of herbicide you can go out um, and transform your entire property. People think they have to have massive tractors and all these hundreds of thousand dollars of equipment. But if you're willing to put some blood, sweat, and tears and a few hundred bucks into it, you can transform and get more towards uh, how God created it to be. Well, there's a technical term for that that we, we call it, right? What would you call it? Uh, the hack and squirt hack method. And squirt yeah, method. hack and squirt method. So yeah. there's another one you can figure out. That's for free. You don't it's even have to pay one. for that knowledge. <laughs> do you, well, do you want to describe that a little bit? Because yeah. it's, it's a bit it's of, kind of expertise. So so it starts with timber stand improvement or, or TSI. Mm -hmm. and that's really going through and, and, and opening up, taking the less desirable trees and killing them mm -hmm. so that the sunlight can get through to the forest floor. So you take a hatchet. And for every three inches of diameter of the tree, at about your chest height, you make a hack at a 45-degree angle in the side of that tree, and you're opening up the vascular tissue, mm -hmm. and you can put some herbicide into that hack that you made. Um, so if I was doing a six-inch tree, I would do two hacks, one on each side, squirt it with herbicide, and that would allow that tree to die and come down just as if it had died from natural causes mm. and, and decompose. But at the same time, sunlight is getting down to the native seed bed and native plants are growing up now instead of just a pile of dead leaves. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. 
Tordon was one of the products. Yeah, Tordon is a, a great herbicide, herbicide to use for packets worm. I know that's encouraging to me because we, we have 285 acres here at Whetstone. About half of it is forests, and we're trying to, you know, manage it. And it's just overwhelming to think about getting out there with a chainsaw right. and not dying and yeah. <laughs> uh, things like that. And what you have to do with the tree after it's cut down and the firewood and, and to know that you could, there are some, some tricks um, that you can do to manage your land. That's, you sound that's like helpful. you got hit in the head with a tree. Or I did. That's before. a whole other episode. Let's, <laughs> let's, not, let's not open that can we'll, of worms we'll right now. We'll get into the weeds on that yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> ben. You know, thank you, first and foremost, for allowing us to come out to spend time with you guys. Um, it's been awesome just to see your guys' heart and passion um, as we were on tour. So not only about the land itself, but just you guys, just how your minds are working, running, um, whether you're burned out or full of energy. I mean, you guys appear like you are feeling good and ready to go. And that's, and that's key. It really is. It's, it's key for the morale and, and everyone around you. You know, Ashley Denton is, is where I, Ashley Denton wrote a book called Outdoor, um, Christian Outdoor Leadership, and he's got a wilderness ministry. And he's one of the only ones that I found across the country that was doing something similar to what I wanted to do. However, I wanted to bring in Brian. Brian's the other half of meant to be like. We have to have hunting, fishing, you know, that side of the world. When you called us outdoorsy when we got in here, like, <laughs> right? Like, what does that even mean? Right. Like, yeah. that's what's so hard But with when Brian and I go out because we love to do so much within the outdoors and there's so much to the outdoors. But Ashley didn't... Um, He's the, the one that actually taught me that 51% of Jesus' ministry was taught in the wilderness. So as you break down the Bible, 51% is he spent outdoors. Right. And I thought, if Jesus is doing that, I need to also, right? And so, you know, there are so many things that we could do here. Like, there's so many activities, games, fun things. I think the most important thing, though, is that you guys are spending time with those boys outdoors like that's what jesus did with his disciples it's what he did as he traveled sharing the, his message right mm -hmm. so that's where i would start then if you want to get into to the what i find fun which is behavior if you haven't heard like behaviors and everything challenge courses like mm. i saw some awesome yeah. places to have a high challenge course you were talking about that area down there where the wagon goes where it was soupy mm -hmm. make a mud challenge course like I mean, muddy, muddy where kids, right. they lose their shoes, and they know that they're probably going to lose their shoes, so bring the oldest ones you like have, that. like yeah. mud course. You can get into the I, the things that aren't so fun for me, like the Alpine Challenge, and there's just there's different courses, low ropes, high ropes, that, that you guys could begin to develop and use. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is in those, though, you have to be careful of that, from that comfort to panic. If you're doing a 30-foot high challenge course, that's when I get into really, I'm going to encourage everyone to do it, even if you're scared. Because there's a difference between challenge of choice versus challenge by choice. Because everybody should participate. There should be no side setters. In my programs, we ain't going to have it. You ain't going to sit down and do nothing. But how you participate is up to you, but you're going to participate. And it's that kind of encouragement so that everyone um, is participating, which then lastly is getting everyone involved. And so if you're going to do a high challenge course, a low challenge course, even hunting, Everybody should be involved in the process. Like, how how maybe it look different? You may have five people belaying. You may only need one belayer. 
mm-hmm. but hook up five and let the whole team like there's ways to build that um, as a group so that group dynamic that that team dynamic or building that they want to call it I love those things and, and I just saw some mm-hmm. awesome key areas out here that you could build those things um, put some of those together um, you know on the recreation side of it like you you brought up mountain bike right not only is it rewarding to go build mountain bike trails you know have the boys go out and you build it with them then to go ride it is even better like they will learn how well they built the trail because they're gonna go ride it yeah. <laughs> and when they eat it or they hit the, the stump that they didn't remove mm-hmm. well now they're gonna, gonna yeah. remember to, to start removing all the stumps like yeah. um but mountain biking you guys have man you could do that here it'd, it'd be amazing the challenge courses uh, well, that's the kind of me. thing that you can always add to and make different features yes mm-hmm. you can we actually have a pretty cool little log bridge uh on the first hole of the disc golf course but having something like that to where you know you got to kind of go over a little balance beam with your tires and uh just a challenge you know those yeah. things evolve over the years and you can just keep adding to uh, those things and that's what's what's fun about it and, um, and what's also is is it's where you guys are located is so awesome like this property is so neat you know and your courses could be close enough that your boys walk from course to course you wouldn't need vehicles shuttles side by sides like the way your your property is designed it is close enough and you can put courses close enough that that in theory you can make then obstacle courses and and turn them into adventure runs and races and and then maybe even offer it to the public one day and and tough mutter tough mutter yeah yeah <laughs> tough mutter could come out um yeah they're just there you go but that's where my mind went but um the first thing was your pines down there i loved it oh yeah and i love teaching survival and so you could actually section off um, an area um, to where you let the trees, like Brian's talk about, when they die, you can teach these boys how to how to build debris huts mm-hmm. and then sleep in them. Mm-hmm. And the cool part is it's so safe for you because you're right here. Like, yeah. But the way that you build that trail and as you guys are hiking out to it, they feel like they're lost. You yeah. know what I mean? That they're far mm-hmm. out. And that's one of the cheapest, easiest things to do. And, and you guys have – it's so beautiful down there. Like I loved yeah. – that pine area, um, just loved it. Yeah, that area home. always reminds me of my time in Colorado and Montana. Right, just hearing those tall pine trees and the wind blowing uh, through there. So that's always been a, a pretty cool spot. Stay away from the sinkhole. From yeah. yes, yes, no, don't get in that. <laughs> so, um, so wrapping up too, we man, we appreciate you guys coming on here and and being a part of the podcast and just spending hours with us out here and driving an hour and a half or two. Um, we wanted to give you guys an opportunity. Uh, we see that meant to be outdoors is an LLC. So it is a ministry. I think you guys see it as a ministry and, and, and a calling, but it's also uh, something that you guys uh, do as more than a side gig. It's something that you guys charge for your services. So maybe we want to give you guys an opportunity to, to plug meant to be outdoors and, uh, really, who is your target audience and how can people get in touch with you and, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I appreciate you asking that. Since we've started, we're right at about two years right now, as, as we said. Um, we've really been based as organization or business to business. So businesses bring us in, uh, park boards, churches, schools, they bring us in to deliver programming 
at their facilities. So we do public school, we do homeschool. I mentioned libraries. the libraries uh, from team building. Survival, that word is we, we found in, in the marketing world is so powerful. You put survival in front of anything in, oh, yeah. in, in the program's book. People love that. So we teach a lot of survival, food, fire, shelter, water. Um, but yeah, even team building for uh, like library staff, we go and, and teach. We got a program coming up for uh, several counties coming together, bringing all their staff to, to teach. But we use the outdoors to do that. It isn't just the nothing against sitting around the round table and everybody sharing their feelings. But we're going to go outdoors and we're going to we're going to put a skill <laughs> yeah. to uh, to the whole message. Um, and we also like I love the habitat side, like I've shared. So going to landowners' properties if if they are wanting to make improvements in their habitat, uh, do a, can do a completely comprehensive consult where they get mapping and a 25, 30 page plan. Uh, that's the expensive option, or I can just come do a walk and talk with you, and just charge you a little bit and walk and talk, and you write the notes as we as we go through the property. Um, but you're still getting the same information. You're just responsible for how you're getting the, the deliverable of it, I guess you would say. But uh, m2b outdoors at gmail.com is our email account. We can email us there. Uh, we Facebook, Instagram. You can direct message us on there and TikTok well. and TikTok. That one I don't know if I don't know if TikTok has. Is that where yeah, is that where Ben does his his singing and karaoke? He does. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we tried to kind of get <laughs> into the trends and some of the silly stuff, oh, and it man. just isn't us. It like we're isn't. just teachers at heart. <laughs> yeah, and we actually have more followers on on TikTok than than any other account. But <laughs> so yeah. the whole social media thing is so weird because yeah. I think on Facebook we're right around 7,000 and we're around 9,000 on TikTok. You put these videos up, you work so hard and you really have something you're passionate and you want to share and then 200 people watch it. And then all of a sudden you throw a video up and a million people watch it and that's where the bulk of your followers come from. So it's like all because of one thing. Um, Our TikTok, being honest, just two years ago, I had an old video of a bison chasing me. It was like eight seconds long. Right. And I threw this up because it was cool. A bison was chasing me. He was me. in a Jeep. He I was, was in a Jeep. Jeep. I wasn't, wasn't running. running. Yeah. Was chasing oh. me in a Jeep. Um, and people like just ate this video up. Like, America, USA, you know, That's all this funny. stuff. And yeah. that got us a lot of our followers. But since then, we put up things that we're really passionate and think are really important. But people just seem to want... Um, People seem to want the junk food, so yeah, if you're like not the just train wrecks, yeah, they man. like the train so, wrecks and the junk food, and it's hard to deliver that. But for sure, watch watch some of the stuff that we put up. We like to kind of coordinate some of our videos with our podcast episodes, actually putting um, something visual to what we're talking about on our podcast. We can yeah. have Brandon uh, chase you out of here. We could video that. <laughs> we could go viral again. Uh, yeah, we could go get those elk antlers. People might like oh, that. Oh yeah, could strap them to your head. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Something that God has, I think, placed on on both of our hearts, and I say think because we're we're still in this this uh, forming yeah. process. But um, we want to become a school, and I think that's where we're at today. Like everything that we've been doing and building and growing up to this point, we're realizing that we need to become a school. We've got a lot of um, parents that are asking, "Hey, when are you guys going to start mm-hmm. a school?" Which we hadn't even brought it up. It wasn't even something we had come out of our vocabulary. We get so, a lot. Yeah. so I think we are looking at, at that. But the first step to that is land, like yeah. a place to actually have a school. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you're listening in, in, in this, yeah, you, you feel like, oh, my gosh, I know somebody or, or at least let's brainstorm it. Um, please reach out to us because we, we definitely want to stay in that Springfield Ozark area. And what, why we say that is because it needs to be close enough for families to drop their kids off at for the day, right? Okay. And and then be able to pick up that evening. And so 
somewhere in that area. I mean, maybe a little farther out, but the farther we get out for location, parents aren't going to be able to, to drop their, their kids off before they, you know, go to work or whatever that is. So that has been placed on our hearts. We don't know what it means. We don't really have a, a full vision for it, but that's a 2024 goal. Right. Yeah. That's where we're at. And that's, and that's kind of what I'm, um, it's what I've been failing. So very cool. Well, well we've definitely, we've definitely been there. Um, <laughs> so we just encourage you guys to, you know, keep fighting the good fight, you know, Thank you. run the race, persevere. Um, God's got a plan and, uh, just keep day by day following him and listening, yes, listening for his voice. Yeah. So that's what I was going to mention is just, we've been there, but it's like the clarity. We're the, we we're always, still we're still there. Like, yeah. let's not what am I, kid what ourselves. Am I saying? We have this project we've talked about. We want the clarity. We want everything laid out. It was like, I can't see. We need seven more staff members and uh, raising more money. I don't know. You know, there's just all these unknowns and it's like our, Marcus, our pastor, actually uh, mentioned this. Uh, There's a quote from Mother Teresa. It's like, don't, I never pray for clarity. I pray mm. for trust. Mm. And so it's like, I don't have to have the clarity. God doesn't give us clarity hardly uh, very much, but he requires trust of us. And it's kind of like the story of Abraham and Isaac is like, just uh, Abraham didn't know that there was going to be a ram stuck in a bush, you know, but he's, he just trusted as like, either God's going to like bring my son back alive or he's going to provide something else. I don't know what it is, but it's kind of that idea This like, we don't have to have all the answers. We want them, but God says, just show up and, and trust and that's all we can do. So, man, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing the progression of where that goes and kind of, I don't know, you know, one of the reasons you're here is just for us to continue the relationship with you guys. We have adventure weeks that we do with our boys, and we're always looking for different creative ways and different people to be a part of that. And uh, who knows what the future holds with Meant to Be Outdoors and Whetstone and our outdoor program. Um, that's certainly a direction that, that we want to go is just more out outdoorsy yeah. and, and that kind of thing. So, um it's exciting. That part of it is exciting and, and looking forward to hopefully a future together in yeah, different we, capacities that we have no idea to, about. Yeah, we'd love to work so. with you guys some more. Yep. Well, speaking of outdoorsiness, we need to thank Thomas Brown for helping us with this podcast. M- Mr. Outdoors. No, he's with what no, we call that, indoorsy. Did I get that wrong? Did I no, get that he's, wrong? He's indoorsy. Mr. Indoorsy. <laughs> I don't like spiders and snakes. You know, but it takes... It takes all kinds of people in a ministry, right? We all have different gifts, and uh, Thomas is, is very gifted with, with technology and, and finding movie clips and sound clips and, and stitching stuff together for us, so yeah, want to make sure we, we thank him for his hard work, and uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Meant to Be Outdoors and Brian and Ben, and uh, we're just excited about the possibilities of what God's going to do with you and... and and Whetstone in the future. So, thanks. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks, yep. guys. Yeah. All right. Yep, thank you. Well, we will catch you next time on A Time to Sharpen. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye-bye. Whetstone Boys Ranch is a therapeutic boarding school located in the scenic Ozarks of southern Missouri. It was founded in 2011 to serve families from around the country who are struggling with challenging behaviors from their 12 to 16-year-old sons. Our mission is to sharpen the character of young men. 
Please visit whetstoneboysranch.com if you want to learn more about our program or about how to contact us for help. Thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time on A Time to Sharpen.